This episode of the Ageless and Awesome podcast is sponsored by the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. As a woman in the modern world, our hormones are taking a battering. They're impacted by the food we eat, the toxins we're exposed to, such as when we eat out of plastic takeaway containers, or even worse, reheat food in them. Please don't do this. If you're handling FPOS receipts, filling the car with fuel, eating non-organic produce that hasn't been washed effectively, plus so much more things add to our toxic load every day. Even though our bodies are designed to effectively manage toxins, they haven't evolved as quickly as our toxic world has, unfortunately. So our body does need support. Symptoms such as stubborn weight gain, fatigue, disrupted periods, irritability, and gut health issues can be a sign that you'd benefit from a gentle detox. And that's why I developed the Radiant Reset Hormone Detox Guide for Perimenopausal Women. This free guide has an abundance of information to get you started on your very own DIY detox. And if you'd like to upgrade to VIP, it's only $47 for a limited time. I used to sell this program for $247. The upgrade gives you the recipes, including plenty of uh, plant-based options, the meal planner, the shopping list template, the video workshop, and so much more. Click the link in the show notes to learn more now. Take care of your hormones. They are a critical part of your health as a woman. Hi, I'm Susie Garden, naturopath and nutritionist, yoga and meditation instructor. Welcome to the Wellness Glow podcast for women who want inspiring and practical solutions to feel abundant energy and vitality on the inside and look radiantly healthy on the outside. Each week, I talk all things gut health and mind-body connection. If you want to find out more about me, check me out at susiegarden.com. Welcome to the show. This week, I'm focusing on IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, which is a really common presentation in my clinic. But before I get started on that, I just wanted to remind you that I have started a new Facebook group. It's called The Wellness Glow, Solutions for Stress, Fatigue and Anxiety. And the reason I'm bringing this up in the context of IBS is that, as you're going to learn today, there is a really strong link between the nervous system and IBS. And so if this is a problem for you, I want you to write that the name of this Facebook group down so that you can come and join and get some support, some advice, and become part of this community to help you with your health problem. But IBS, I guess... Did you know it's actually the most common gastrointestinal disorder in Western countries, which I have to admit I wasn't that surprised because it is so common and it, it affects around 7 to 15% of the population, which is really quite big. If it's 15%, that's like one in six people roughly, and it affects more women than it does men. And some of you might be uh, have been diagnosed with this and the diagnosis of IBS is actually one of exclusion so what that means is generally speaking uh, when you work with a healthcare practitioner they will exclude other illnesses that cause similar symptoms before they will come up with the diagnosis of IBS and that's because it's just such a difficult condition to diagnose you can't do a blood test and go, oh, yes, you've got IBS. Even doing a colonoscopy, if you see a gastroenterologist, there's, you might see some mild inflammation, but there's no, no definitive 
way that a bowel looks that's going to go, oh, yes, that's IBS. So it becomes eliminating other causes of the symptoms. Plus, there's something called the Rome 4 criteria. So the Rome 4 criteria were devised after, I guess, lots of observation of how people with IBS present. So looking for the commonalities between people that present with IBS, because I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but IBS can present in basically three different forms. There's IBS that's constipation dominant. There's IBS that's diarrhea dominant. And then you've got a combination. So it's alternating constipation and diarrhea, which as you can imagine, is really makes it really difficult to diagnose. So these Rome 4 diagnostic criteria, uh, recurrent abdominal pain for at least one day a week in the past three months associated with two or more of these, either improvement or increasing in pain with defecation. Um, it, the pain is associated with a change in the frequency of the stool and the pain is associated with change in stool form. So the appearance of it, whether it's harder or softer or whatever, I can get into descriptions of poo, <laughs> maybe on another podcast. But as you can see, there's these criteria, but they could apply to a number of different conditions. So it is, it is the kind of um, condition that does need to have a good assessment to really identify and diagnose it properly so then you can get the right treatment. So the kinds of things that can cause IBS, there's, there's actually a whole bunch of things. Um, there's actually a genetic factor with IBS. So if you're one or more of your parents had it, then you have an increased chance of having it yourself. Also, if you've had like a gut infection and almost, gosh, almost all of us have at some point picked up some food poisoning or had some sort of, you know, vomiting and diarrhea type of episode. So that also is a risk factor for IBS. If you've used antibiotics and, and again, like almost all of us, that live in Western countries at some point have had a course of antibiotics. I know I've had quite a lot um, over the course of my life. I've tried to avoid them as much as possible probably in the last five years, but still, if you need them, you need them. So um, it's certainly a risk factor for IBS. If you have had some stressful life events, so um, that can be a risk factor for IBS. And if you have uh, medically diagnosed um, anxiety uh, or depression, that's also linked in with IBS. And there's actually a really good explanation for that, which I'll get into shortly. Um, because, in fact, I'll get into it now. Um, the IBS is not actually just about the gut. You may have heard me talk about um, the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous systems. So the parasympathetic, sorry, the yeah, the parasympathetic is your rest and digest nervous system. Your sympathetic is your fight and flight response. So I have mentioned that or talked about it quite at length on some previous podcasts. So feel free to go back and have a look at stress and gut health is where you'll find that. That's one of the first podcasts I did actually. 
So when we're looking at these two nervous systems, there's some really interesting uh, correlations between the nervous system and the development of IBS. And in fact, patient, people with IBS are commonly found to be in increased uh, sympathetic nervous system activity and have a decrease in their parasympathetic function. So as you can imagine, if you're quite stressed, your digestive system isn't going to work as well. That just happens in everybody. That's not just people with IBS. But what happens if you have IBS is you, there seems to be a, a more of this sympathetic nervous system dominance. So this increase and longer periods of time in fight and flight. And what, this hap what happens when uh, you are in the fight and flight response for a longer period of time, it really does affect your gastrointestinal function because you're not allowing the body to rest and digest your food. And so you get um, when you have this long periods of stress, you get this overstimulation of the sympathetic nervous system and this interferes with the way food is digested. It also affects the what we call transit time, so the amount of time it takes for the food to go from your mouth out into the toilet is what we call transit time. And so when you have diarrhea, you have a shorter transit time. So the food's going through quite quickly and it means that you're not absorbing the water. So that's why the, the um, feces is in that diarrhea form. And when you have a longer transit time, which tends to happen in that um, fight and flight response because your resources are diverted away from the gut because the digestion is not so important when you're in fight and flight. So you have that longer transit time, which means that you get this uh, constipation type stool. So I wanted to bring the conversation into serotonin. Serotonin is um, a relatively well-known, what we call neurotransmitter or brain chemical. Uh, serotonin is actually the precursor to melatonin. Many of you would have heard of melatonin. It's strongly related to sleep. Uh, and serotonin has a number of other functions in the body, including uh, influencing your transit time for your um, gut. And roughly 95% of your serotonin is located in your digestive system, so in your um, intestines. And so if your gut function is not working well, your serotonin is going to be affected. And when your serotonin is affected, not only is it going to affect your gut, it's also going to affect your mood. And so you may find that you have that um, anxiety and depression are linked with serotonin levels. Actually, even things like migraine is um, associated with low serotonin levels. So essentially, serotonin is really important. And um, so this is one of the reasons why gut health is so important because it helps to make sure you've got healthy brain chemicals. And the thing is with people with IBS, often when I see patients in my clinic with IBS, they will describe themselves as being a worrier. And given what I've just told you about serotonin and the levels of serotonin being affected by your gut health, um, this is why IBS is not just about the gut and the worrying that and the stress that people experience is also um, kind of like this two-way 
system, this gut-brain connection. And so people that are calling themselves warriors and have IBS, in fact, each of those uh, elements or symptoms are influencing the other or caused by the other. What I mean by that is that if you have decreased serotonin, you're more likely to be feeling stress and anxious. So it's kind of this fantastic demonstration of the gut-brain connection. So the other thing I wanted to mention with regard to IBS is that people that have it often have an increased awareness of their gastrointestinal function. So, for example, they're much more likely to be able to feel their intestines moving, uh, which sounds a bit weird, but if you experience it, then it makes complete sense that you're, you're aware, you can feel pain we have stretch receptors in our intestines uh, and when we have abdominal pain often it's the stretch receptors that we can feel and people with IBS seem to have a, a greater awareness and, and more are more in touch with the sensations that are going on in their actual gut which is quite interesting and it is thought that the reduced levels of serotonin may increase this what they call visceral hypersensitivity So there's also um, other elements of IBS is we know there's an alteration to the gut flora or the gut microbiome. So I've talked quite a bit about the gut microbiome in previous episodes. So I won't go into that so much today, but just to say that This is why getting a good assessment of your gut health is important because as you would have heard me say before, if you're a regular listener, it's really important not to just muck around with probiotics and just take any old probiotic that you buy from the chemist or even worse at the supermarket because your microbiome or the the balance of good and and, uh, bad, if you like, bacteria in the gut is important and by when you're introducing new probiotics that changes things so you want to make sure that if you have a particular gut condition that you are using the correct strains of probiotics and you're not just throwing anything in because you know you're wasting your money for a start Uh, and also you're just not really helping yourself it's it's really important that you get the right advice when it comes to this stuff because the gut microbiome is so important and the more we learn about it the more we realize how much it's connected into chronic diseases and particularly autoimmune diseases and so you really want to make sure that your gut health is optimal so that your long-term health is going to be good and you're not going to end up with chronic disease. The Other thing I just wanted to mention in regard to IBS is food sensitivities. So many people with IBS seem to have food uh, intolerances or sensitivities and that certain foods will aggravate their symptoms. So it's also really important to work out what these food intolerances are. And you can do that pretty easily. You don't have to pay for an expensive test. I find that most of the time when I'm working with patients, we just 
observe, do food journals and observe what's going on in the body and eliminate the most common types of um, foods that cause problems. Such Generally, it's like dairy, it's like eggs, it's wheat or gluten, a um, few other things. Sometimes it's fruits uh, and veggies. So like checking out like the low FODMAPs diet or something like that, that's got some really good evidence with IBS. And again, it's really good to work with... Um, a naturopath or nutritionist that actually is familiar with this and can help. So I'm going to break this uh, topic of IBS into two episodes. So today has really just been an overview of what IBS is all about, uh, the criteria for it. So if you're experiencing the symptoms that I mentioned in those Rome 4 criteria, it's really important that you get checked out for um, bowel issues, either with your doctor or a naturopath or nutritionist to help you. So next week, I'm going to focus more on treatments for IBS. But in the meantime, if you would like to join my free Facebook group, The Wellness Glow, solutions for stress fatigue and anxiety i would love to see you in there so please just you can go to my facebook page Susie garden wellness and you'll see when you go in there it'll just say visit group and you can pop in there and there's a couple of questions because i like to make sure that i have a good idea of who's coming into the group just to ensure everyone's um safety and comfort and yeah come and join me so next week i'm going to be focusing on solutions for ibs so please Come and join me then on The Wellness Glow. Thanks so much for joining me on The Wellness Glow. I loved having you here. See you again next week. Until then, take care and be well.